your host, Kelly Evans, with my co-host, Austin Evans. You know, I've been thinking, Austin, that, you know, this podcast is titled Mama Mystery, but you've been on every episode, so... So now it's Papa Mystery. So now it's Mom and Pop's Mystery. I don't know. That didn't flow as well. Mommy and Daddy's Mystery. (laughs) You don't like that one either. (laughs) I'm just going to... No, I'm not. Well, maybe I should change the name. No, Mama Mystery's good. Why? No. Everybody likes Mama Mystery. Okay. Well, I've just been thinking about it because now I can't do an episode without you. No, that's so... not true. You do, you do good without me. You no, but I, I don't. I don't want to do them without you. Well, that's really sweet. So, anyway, today, this story has been a highly requested story One that hits very close to home. I know most, if not all, of the listeners of this podcast are from around this area in northwest Missouri. And the location of this murder was less than an hour away from here in Skidmore, Missouri. Skidmore is a super small town with only around 300 people. And unfortunately, it has a reputation that is riddled with violence and murder. I've gotten a lot of requests just to cover this town alone because it seems to have this constant dark cloud over it. There's the murder of the town bully, Ken McElroy. Ken McElroy. Um, there was actually a, a show made about him on like the Sundance channel, and there's been books written about him. Do you know who I'm talking about? Um, maybe I'll cover that one someday. But it was crazy. He was shot to death in 1981 with at least two different guns while he sat in his truck in front of the local pool hall in broad daylight. And even though dozens of people saw the murder, nobody would admit to seeing who shot him. Hmm. So nobody was ever charged for his murder. That's weird. It's like this whole town conspired to have this bully killed. And then I know there was the pregnant person. We'll get to that. So then in 2000, Greg Dragoo beat and dragged his girlfriend, Wendy Gillenwater, down several county roads right outside of Skidmore, which ultimately killed her. In 2001, Branson Perry disappeared after leaving his dad's house to return a pair of jumper cables, and nobody has seen him since. And then in 2004... The town of Skidmore made headlines again with the unthinkable murder of Bobby Joe Stinnett, which is... so weird. I had no idea all this happened. It's all in Skidmore. That's weird. Yeah. Um, So, anyway, Bobby Joe Stinnett, that's who we're talking about today. Okay. So, to begin this story, we kind of have to start with the perpetrator, which I don't usually like doing, but to understand this story, you kind of have to understand where the the murderer kind of came from. And by no means am I trying to justify or, you know, have compassion for the murderer because no matter what your circumstances are, and I've said this before, your your circumstances should never dictate your future. You ultimately decide how your future turns out. So no matter what happens to you, it's never an excuse to do what this person did, okay? But Lisa Montgomery lived in Melbourne, Kansas. And growing up, Lisa suffered from a chaotic household full of abuse, rape, and addiction. She was raped by her stepfather for years. And when she was 14, her mom found out about this and threatened her with a gun to her head. There were also allegations that she was sex trafficked and gang raped. So in an attempt to escape this situation, Lisa got married at the age of 18. 
The couple had four children, and then in 1990, Lisa had her tubes tied. And that's important. She had her tubes tied. Her first marriage inevitably failed, and shortly after the split, she married her second husband, Kevin, in year 2000. And I'm not sure if Kevin was aware of getting of Lisa getting her tubes tied, but um, she would go on to claim that she was pregnant multiple times throughout their marriage. She would tell friends and family she was expecting, but in reality, this was an impossibility. So her pregnancies, quote, pregnancies, would always end in like devastating miscarriages. But obviously, she wasn't having miscarriages. She was never pregnant. Um, and this is so weird because... For someone to lie about something so crazy like that is so outlandish, but I know people who have lied about, one, being pregnant. I've known people to lie about having cancer, and people who go to that extent to garner sympathy or attention or whatever their excuse is, it's something I cannot wrap my head around, but I've known at least three people who have lied about big things like that, and it's like, what the heck? It's weird. I don't get it. So anyway, in 2004, sad, lonely Lisa joins a chat group called Ratter Chatter. And this was a chat room for people who loved or were looking for little rat terrier dogs, which no offense to rat terrier owners, but that is like my least favorite dog. And you love dogs. And I love dogs, but I've never met a rat terrier that I liked. That's a hideous <laughs> They're awful. I'm so sorry if you have a rat terrier. No offense. I just can't cuddle with a rat terrier. They bark. They're bony. They're ankle biters. They're, they're just, they're just, I mean, they're, they're rat terriers. Like, it's in the name. They're a rat. Oh, man. I'm probably going to get some hate for that, but I don't even care. I stand by what I said. I said what I said. Anyway, in this chat room, Lisa meets a woman named Bobby Jo Stinnett. Bobby Joe and her husband, Zeb, were dog breeders living in Skidmore, Missouri. They owned their own business called Happy Heaven Farms, where they sold the terriers that they bred. Lisa and Bobby Joe bonded quickly through this chat room. However, uh, Lisa didn't tell Bobby Joe that her name was Lisa. She told Bobby Joe that her name was Darlene Fisher. So Bobby Bobby Joe told Darlene, or Lisa that she was eight months pregnant with her first child. And what do you know? Lisa says, hey, I'm pregnant too. She told Bobby Joe she was also in her third trimester, um, but that wasn't all. She had also told her friends, family, and husband that she was expecting again. And they all just believe her. So over time, Lisa tells Bobby Joe that she is interested in buying one of her rat terrier puppies. So they arrange a place and time for Lisa to drive up to Skidmore and pick up the dog. On December 16th of 2004, Lisa drives all the way up to Skidmore and shows up at Bobby Joe's house with a neon leash to pick up the dog. This is already so weird. Yeah. Like, can you imagine she's having a chat room with this person and telling her that she's pregnant so to find out she's pregnant and this is all so premeditated. It's so premeditated. It's creepy. Yeah. And it makes me wonder how she really found her because if she was already telling people she was pregnant and that her due date was in December, right around the same time that Bobby Joe was due in December. You know she was probably on that chat room telling every person this. Yeah. To try to find somebody else. I don't know. Say, me too. I'm due in December too. Yeah, I'm looking for a dog. 
And, you know, it's not uncommon for people to lie. Like, people lie all the time, but the extent of these lies is just beyond the realm of, like, any type of normal. I mean, lying, you shouldn't lie, but, like, to lie about something like this... Freaking out there. You're out of your freaking mind. Yeah. It's crazy. So, when Bobby Joe. Uh, or when Bobby Joe opens the door, she invites Lisa inside, and what happens next has never been confirmed by any witnesses, but investigators strongly believe that this is what happened. After inviting Lisa into her home, Lisa gets behind Bobby Joe, throws a rope over her head and around her neck. She strangles Bobby Joe until she is unconscious, and once she is, Lisa lays her down on the ground and pulls out a kitchen knife. She attempts to make one incision, then stops and tries again in a different spot below Bobby Joe's belly button. She makes a jagged incision just deep enough to pull out Bobby Joe's eight-month-old fetus, but not before Bobby Joe actually wakes up and tries to fight back. Defensive wounds found on Bobby Joe, coupled with the smearing of blood all over the room, indicate that at some point there was a struggle between the two women, and Bobby Joe fought for her life. Ultimately, though, she succumbed to the blood loss and was too weak to fight. Lisa strangled her to death before finishing the barbaric C-section. Holy crap. Yeah. Can a kid even live through that? Like Yes. So, an hour or so later, Becky Harper, Bobby Joe's mom, was expecting Bobby Joe to give her a ride to or from work, but couldn't get a hold of her. She would call and call, but Bobby Joe would never answer. So, Becky goes to her house and discovers Bobby Joe on the floor of the living room, surrounded by blood. She calls 911 and tells the operator that it looks like her daughter's stomach exploded. Police arrive, and a deputy begins to perform CPR until the paramedics arrive. And when they do, the officer tells the EMT, the mom says she's eight months pregnant. But when the EMT kneels down to assist, he finds the umbilical cord hanging out of her body, and it's been cut. What? He tells the officer, there's no baby here. You need to find the baby. So Bobby Joe is rushed to St. Francis Hospital in Maryville, but she was pronounced dead prior to arrival. It didn't take long for investigators to find out who last saw Bobby Joe. They logged onto her computer and saw the chat room with the information from Darlene Fisher. And just like that, they had their first lead. They knew if they were going to find Bobby Joe's baby alive, they had to act fast, and they did. Within 24 hours, they located Lisa Montgomery at her home, and when she opened the door, this evil bitch was standing there holding the baby as if it were hers. Lisa Montgomery. Lisa Montgomery. Oh, that's the chick. Wait, wait, I'm confused. Everybody else is probably following. I'm not. Darlene, I thought you just said that the police got on there and logged on and the last person she had contact with was... Darlene Fisher, because that's... Lisa said... Her name was Darlene Fisher. Oh, she gave okay. her a fake name. Got it. Got it. Fake name. Yeah. So they find her and it's actually Lisa. Correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. Back on track. Yep. So at first, Lisa told officers that it was her baby and that she had no idea what they were talking about. The police took the baby, gave her a complete medical exam and determined that she was okay and returned her to Bobby Joe's husband, Zeb. 
When Lisa was arrested, she was charged with kidnapping resulting in death and was facing life in prison without the poss- or with the possibility of the death penalty. The defense tried to paint her as a victim of mental illness. However, when she was examined by a mental health professional, this doctor indicated that he did not believe she suffered from any mental disease or defect. He said she did not have a mental disorder and that she was just a manipulative, cunning liar. To prove this, evidence showed that Lisa had printed out someone else's ultrasound from the internet and pasted her name on the ultrasound to make it look like it was hers. And this proved that Lisa knew she wasn't pregnant and was lying to make it look like she was. She was also tested to determine if she suffered from a mental disorder, but the results showed that she lacked remorse, was manipulative, a pathological liar, and failed to accept responsibility. And... I realized that by saying these things, it makes her sound like a narcissist or a sociopath or psychopath, but it's not the true definition of a psychopath. So the whole argument or defense that she was mentally ill didn't work. Friends of family, friends and family of Lisa testified that Lisa told them she was pregnant with a due date of December 13th. Investigators found that in the days leading up to the murder, Lisa was Googling different forms of childbirth. The defense claimed that she was just curious about different forms of labor labor because she believed in her mind that she was pregnant, but the prosecution believed she was researching ways to induce labor on someone else in an effort to steal their baby. They also showed evidence that Lisa brought with her a knife, rope, and an umbilical cord clamp. Now, here's where it gets weird. Apparently, on December 17th, the day after the murder, while Lisa and her husband, Kevin, still had the newborn baby, they went around town showing off this baby as if it were theirs. Kevin has come out and said that he knew she lied a lot and lied about being pregnant before, but he believed her this time because she was showing signs of being pregnant. He said her belly had gotten bigger and she was having morning sickness, but Kevin had no idea that Lisa ever had her tubes tied. It wasn't until Lisa faked a pregnancy that Lisa's sister came out and said, she's not pregnant. She had her tubes tied. But even after hearing this, he decided to believe his wife and stand by his woman and believed Lisa was truly pregnant this time. And what, she went off and had a baby and didn't tell him? Yeah, right? So I wondered about that too. When asked how Lisa gave birth to this child, she told Kevin that she went into labor while she was out shopping, rushed to the hospital, gave birth, and they released her shortly after. And this dumbass never questioned it. She went shopping, came home with a baby. Like, how dumb can you be? I understand that there's a lot of guys who don't know how things work and like the female body or whatever, pregnancy, whatever. Okay, I get it. But how can you be that dumb? Yeah, that's ridiculous. This I is, mean, I, I can't wrap my head around that either. Yeah. So ultimately, a jury finds Lisa guilty for murder and the jury recommends the death penalty. And here's the best part of this whole story. Her execution date is in one month. On December 8th, she will be executed by lethal injection, and she will be the fourth woman to be executed by the federal government, but the first in over 70 years. So in 1865, Mary Surratt was sentenced to death for planning to execute Abraham Lincoln, and she was hanged. In 1953, 
Ethel Rosenberg was electrocuted for spying on behalf of the Soviet Union. The third woman, who grew up, who grew up only 20 minutes from Skidmore, but in the same county, like Nottoway County, right? Um, her name's Bonnie Hetty. Well, she was also executed in 1953 for kidnapping and murdering a six-year-old boy from Kansas City whose father was a multimillionaire, and she asked for the biggest ransom in U.S. history. At the time, she demanded $600,000, which would be like $5.7 million today. Oh, my God. And now here we are just about a month, less than a month out from her getting executed, her getting executed by lethal That's injection. Wild. I mean, that's the most, I, 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 look what she did. Yeah. That's crazy. So what, is this kid still alive? She is alive it's gen- and well. Little, yeah, it's a little girl. Imagine that story. So how old is she now? She's, shit, she's 2004, years old now, so, 16 years old. Yeah, she would be 16. Did you look her up? No, gosh, no. I mean, you know, there's cases where I'll, I might look up like a parent or like a husband or whatever, but I do not want to, like, I don't even want to say her name. No, I, and I wouldn't want you to talk to her and stuff. I just, yeah. like, that is so... But no, I, I didn't even look her up. I know her name, but I didn't bother trying to find her because I just can't even imagine. She's got a hard enough life as it is just having that be the entrance into this world. Like, that's your story. That's horrible. And like I said in the beginning, your circumstances don't have to dictate your future, and I hope to God that her future is bright and, you know, positive and that she leads a a good positive life in honor of her mother. But I mean, I just can't even imagine that that's heartbreaking. And to know that her mom fought, I think is it's, you know, bittersweet, you know, obviously she did not deserve to die, but to know that she died fighting for her. I mean, that's quite a memory. Mm -hmm. So hold on Gosh, to. These, these last couple have been like rough to hear. You know, here's the thing. Any true crime story is probably not going to be a super positive. And I try to remember why I am interested in this stuff. And usually it's because I am trying to get into like, I guess the, just the human psyche, like what makes people tick, what makes people do something like this. And granted, she had a horrible upbringing doesn't excuse this type of behavior. I know plenty of other people who have had rough upbringings who have, you know, become successful citizens in life. So how long did it take the jury to decide that she was guilty? I don't know. I didn't look. I can't imagine it was long though. Nottaway County's got some fucked up people. I know. So yeah, I've had a lot of people ask me to do this case and, um, it's short, I know, but short and to the point. Yeah, it's to the point. I mean, I applaud the you know, investigators for finding her so quickly and finding the baby so quickly because who knows? I mean, that could have been a horrible situation too. There's a lot of times that babies get stolen and either they never get found or they do get found but not alive. And so at least there's a positive that she, you know, the, the girl is still alive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's so crazy to think that this happened so close to home too. Yeah, that's crazy. And that there's people like this that walk the earth. And like, how do you... One question I have is, like, how do you even, you know, like, weed out people like this? You know, like, how, like, how could anyone have known that this was what she was going to do? If she kept it to herself, that's the thing, like... It was all inside her head. It was all in her head, but she had a plan. She knew what she was going to do, and... That's just like the one last episode where the where the kids had the whole thing planned yeah. with this movie they're going to do. And at any point, someone... Or something in their mind could have said, hey, this isn't a good idea. Let's stop. Let's stop, but they don't. But they don't. 
It's crazy. So anyway, that is the story of Bobby Joe Stinnett and um, Skid yeah, Mo. Skidmore Mo. Sure. And I'm sure there will be a few others if we cover Ken McElroy or Branson Perry. Branson Perry is a really interesting one, but I feel like that one's going to take me a while since it's still a mystery. There's so much to probably uncover. This one all happened within a matter of a day, so it was. it's pretty mm-hmm. short. Where is she incarcerated? Um, she is incarcerated in Fort Worth, Texas. Car- Carswell or something like that. Um, it's like a medical correctional facility down in Texas. And then I think she's getting executed in Indiana. But either way, we know where she's going. Never seen a lot of day. Don't wear a sweater because it's going to be pretty hot where you're headed. <laughs> and with that, we leave you until next time. Rate, review, share. Mama Mystery out.